This is Inside Berkeley. I'm Brian Paris, and in this episode, we're talking with Zed Tabani, professional music major in his sixth semester. He's a voice principal student with a focus on hip-hop, and is one of a select few Berkeley students to audition with an original hip-hop composition and be accepted. Originally from Irvine, California, Zed worked as a video and web content producer before coming to Berkeley to take his hip-hop aspirations to the next level. Zed's work often deals directly with racial tension and religious discrimination in Western society, and has therefore gained attention for his ability to be honest, raw, and relatable, without forcing answers to the big questions he pursues. His new album, Boss Angeles, dropped on February 19th and features 15 brand new original tracks. Zed, welcome to Inside Berkeley. Thank you. I'm glad to be inside Berkeley. <laughs> and we're and we're glad to have you. Yeah, thank you. So, I, I'm interested in knowing what it was like to audition for Berkeley, mm-hmm. not only with a rap performance, but also performance of one of your own compositions. Well, before I did, before I came to Berkeley, um, I was doing a. I wanted to do theater and film in school because, like, the city I come from, Irvine, at the time, like, really, a lot of my school friends and people were not very um, accepting of rap, to be honest. I mean, a lot of them were like, oh, this isn't really like art or music. And so I kind of grew up with that in the back of my head. And, you know, um, the, a lot of the musicians at the school were kind of cool with me, but some of them were not. And so in community college and everything like that, all I did was, you know, theater and film because I had a passion for those. Um, and I, I, my song, uh, I had a song that went viral that I did for like the fighting game community and street fighter and everything like that. And I got to be on a commercial and all this cool stuff happened. And after that kind of like teetered a little bit, I wanted to go back to school. So I applied for, you know, film schools and and all that kind of stuff. And I got rejected from like all of them, which was crap. That was, that was painful because I thought I had like a really good resume and everything and, and everything to bring me in there. But I, I decided my friend had said that he was going to audition for Berkeley and I didn't know what it was at the time. And I said, okay, well, you know, I looked him up and I'm like, why don't I just try this? Like I have nothing to lose. I have nothing to gain, you know? Uh, well, everything to gain, nothing to lose. So I paid the 150 fee. Um, I practiced a brand new song I hadn't done before that I was really passionate about. And I went to open bikes and, and, and trained it. And then I got, I went to the audition and, they asked me like how long have you been singing and i was like <laughs> that's a funny story <laughs> um and i just went with it and i don't know it was it was weird at the time because i just didn't know what was going to happen like i had a very like i didn't know if i was good at this or not like i, I had a lot of backlash on the internet and, and all this other kind of stuff going on in my head so it was just kind of fly by the seat of your pants and see what happens um and i just luckily got in which was very very cool that's great yeah a great story and so i mean with that kind of fight for legitimacy you know you know growing up also in your own head and mm-hmm. even during that audition it sounds like there was already some sort of dissenting voices like you know should i even be here what was the moment when you realized that berkeley was really going to be the place that was going to allow you to kind of explore that passion and actually be a place that received that well and you could kind of maybe quiet those voices a little bit at the time i was i was told by a a chorus of voices about how how rap is not art and stuff and so like it was me fighting for that legitimacy for a while and so looking into music schools i was like i have no chance no music school is going to accept me um 
and they wouldn't ever be interested in my things. Before I came here, I thought, like, yeah, it's a contemporary school, but they're going to basically make me throw out everything I want to do, and I'm going to have to fight. Like, it's just going to be the name. And when I came here, I think when I came here and the first open mic, it just so changed my view of it because uh, it's very interesting when you walk outside. Something I've learned here very interestingly is musicians tend to be way more open-minded about music than the general public. So, like, if you're in California, and especially in Irvine or somewhere else, and you're talking to somebody about, like, certain certain people about music, they're like, oh, I hate mainstream music. I think it's really, really bad. Like, they'll talk about the song that's popular, right? And they'll hate it. They'll be like, this is so not music. And you go and you talk to a musician, and the musician is like, this is amazing. I don't know what you're talking about, right? And I was kind of one of those people. There was a lot of rappers who were popular at the time who I was just like, this isn't real rap. You can't really define rap is a, a whole art form that's built on, you know, individuality. How can you define what what hip hop is or isn't? Um, so coming here, it was interesting to see like all these musicians who are classical or anything like that. When you tell them you rap, they're not like, oh, well, that's not you shouldn't really be here. They're like, oh, really? Well, how does that fit into my purview? That'd be so cool to do something like that. That's so amazing, you know? And they're so much more open-minded and, and open to working. And I think, like, when I came here and I met a lot of the people here, and I did that first open mic, and people didn't, like, boo. They were like, yes, I'm glad there's a rapper. They were enthusiastic about it. That was like, okay, I think this should this is the place for me. That's awesome. I love that idea that it's, it, it was, like, immediate to you that it was just going to be this collaborative right. opportunity. So in, in general, or in specific, actually, were there any faculty or courses or, you know, at the beginning, but also up into, you know, you're in your sixth semester. So along the way, what are some of the faculty and, and courses yeah. that have stuck out to you? You know, it's interesting. I wanted to do a lot of MP&E courses when I came here, but like I do pro music, so I can just pull a little bit from the MP&E courses. And, you know, I got like serious about grades. A lot of the MP&E teachers uh, have helped me, like specifically Jason Stokes and Prince Charles have been really, really good. Jason Stokes is, I, I feel, is like a real mentor. And Prince Charles gives me this hard line edge of like, you know, I'm going to challenge you and tell you things you don't want to hear and you have to work through with him. And they're they're true. A lot of the things, he's very smart. The other thing was Radar Ellis also. Radar Ellis is like the rapper teacher at this school. And it also helps that he's really good at what he does. And he has a really good knowledge of the art. And he has a good knowledge of the, both the underground scene and like, you know, he has a knowledge of like both everything that most deaf and Talib Kweli and Jay Dilla did as well as everything Drake is doing now and everything that is popular now on one Oh power one Oh six and everything like that, you know? So he comes from both worlds. He, he gave me really good, you know, everybody would say to me when I came here, um, you use the, cause I used to think like, Oh, you have to use the full bar for, for rapping. Right. Like I don't want to have any space in there just because I have the ability to use the full bar. And he was the first, and everybody was saying, like, you should just make your rhymes less dense, less dense. And he was the first person to put it in a way that made sense, which was like, uh, use your rest. Use your rest. That concept is such an intelligent way to think, oh, I'm using this as an as a tool to further whatever I'm saying. So Radar Ellis was one, uh, I think. Um, also Paula Cole. Paula Cole did a lot of really cool things with teaching me, just in general, like, um, how to... Like, a lot of the songs that I've written that are popular have been in her class. Uh, Bonnie Hayes is great. Caroline Harvey was – I had last semester, and she teaches um, a poetry slam class. And it's not like a – like, a like you know the you, – you've, you've seen Dead Poets Society? Yeah. It's that. Like, nice. that is the class. Like, and 
I've taken poetry classes at community college before, and it's just like, okay, I guess that. But this is like a legit class as a performer that is surprisingly – it helped my performance ability and my writing ability a lot. And uh, it's hard to stress how much that class worked. So uh, there's been a lot of professors who've been, you know, beneficial to to my growth especially. Yeah, that's awesome. I, lo- I love that idea of kind of across genre too. That right. like you know, spoken word – it's not just about the content itself, but it's also helping your performance. I think there's right. all those cool connections. Well, there. it's cool because in the class, she's it's interesting. She she talks about adrenaline management, hmm. and you never think about it, but that is a lot of what goes into your performing and a lot of how you like. One thing that I've always had trouble with is memorizing when I'm terrified. Like she says, she talks about these three different types of like techniques, like flight, fight, or freeze. Right. And I freeze up on stage, and she has a really good way of managing your adrenaline because that's an adrenaline analogy. So that was something that really stuck out to me. And also she's just a very open person who is very accepting and at the same time ready to be like, this is where you're comfortable. Let me push you to be out of that. You know. But all those professors, I still talk with them, and I still visit their office hour, and they all are the most helpful you know, at, at just helping making me a better musician. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, adrenaline management and use your rest both seem like they're like connected in that. And and have, oh yeah, have, of of course, yeah, yeah, that's great. So uh, one of the tracks you that you wrote at Berkeley, you've had uh, some chances to perform at a different venues. Uh, people have sort of taken to it. A track called Charlie. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested on sort of what the basic story of the you know the content of the of that is, and then I'd love to hear a section of it if that's cool. Yeah. Um, well, uh, that was written in Paula Cole's class and, um, she asked us to write, it was the week of, it's so interesting. I'll, I'll say it in a second, but like she asked us to write about the Mike Brown verdict through the eyes of Mike Brown. And that was difficult for me because I am not Mike Brown. I am not from his circumstances. You know, granted I've, I, I can, I can relate with him. Um, and relate with stuff, but I don't, I don't have, he has much, he has different problems. He had different problems than I did, you know, and definitely his circumstances were different. So like, I can't address inequality in that way. So I, I asked her to do a story instead. And I just wanted to write about a kid named Charlie. Cause I don't think, I don't think when you're trying to talk about these things, um, it's a way to, uh, how do I describe this? If you're, if, if I'm telling you a third person story, right and you just relate with the character all of a sudden it's a different argument a lot of times Mm -hmm. in arguments we tend to want to just win Mm -hmm. and just be like you're wrong and i'm totally correct and generally on both sides of like systematic racism that argument has just been the same you know and i feel like the only way you can really convince somebody is to like be like Okay, don't don't immediately call him racist, but just like listen, this is a story about somebody who's in that situation. These are his circumstances, and this is what he's going through, right? And you can have a discussion on it. That's my point: is to have a discussion from it. So I wrote about this guy named Charlie, who grows up in systematic poverty and racism. Yeah. Let's hear a little bit of Charlie. Charlie. 
Charlie's only six years old, but he loves soul records. Daddy had a couple, so he got the whole section. Used to listen every session like it was his own collection before his daddy got arrested. Born in 97 on a Sunday. Used to chill out with his mom some days. Told her, you so pretty, you should be on the runways. Worked at a diner trying to find a way for some pay. Charlie didn't mind. He sit at the bar unfazed. On school days, his teacher said he was smart. Laugh a lot with his friends when he ran around in the yard. His mama told him it's hard. They're getting by as an art. Some people, they get lucky. Other people, they starve. So they rode out in the car. Slept under the stars when daddy gonna come back. She said, maybe tomorrow. He never did. God, what would he give? Charlie only six years old. That's where we live. Make me wanna holler and throw up both my hands. Make me wanna holler and throw up both my hands. This ain't living this Great. So, and people should definitely check out the rest of the track. Yeah, and, it's and on SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah. That, and that narrative just gets even more powerful um, through Zed's delivery. <clears throat> so, I'm interested in the process behind this, and and you can feel free to speak to your process in general, mm-hmm. especially with with something as weighty as this. Did you? And I guess you know part of it came from Paula Cole's class. But mm-hmm. normally, do you start with like a line or two, or did this name Charlie pop into your head, and all of a sudden you're like, I could see this guy's story, and I'm gonna write it down. Or yeah. is it a beat thing? Is it something you just you lay something down and then it comes from there? It comes from different spots. I feel like sometimes when I hear a beat, I get inspired by different things in my life and I want to write about it. Um, other times it's about uh, like when you get a concept and you want to just talk about something, right? So like the name Charlie did come just – it was like, okay, who's a, what's a name? Charlie. That name sounds right. And so I I kept that name. And uh, I just started writing about it, and you know, different things like like it works. It's different. It's per song, but depending on what I'll do, and usually I'll trust my gut. And you know, for story songs, kind of I like to let the words kind of tumble out. I have a kind of general outline of what's going to happen, but I like to let the words like kind of tumble out. And you know, this is interesting how I found this rhyme here, and I write off momentum a lot. Um, sometimes I'll come up with the chorus first. Sometimes I'll come up with uh, the words first, you know. Um, for this one in particular, I got the concept, and I started writing about it. And I had two verses when I came into Paula's class, and we did that, right? Okay, so that was when the trial was going on, was when we got that. Michael Brown's verdict happened three or four weeks later. And I, it was just a crazy thing that happened. And the Eric Garner thing happened the next day, or, or like very soon after, right? And at that point, I was just like, I have to write about it, right? And I've been talking to my friend. In, in the in the song, we mentioned he's from Virginia, right? So Kyle, who sings on this, is from Virginia. And I talked with Kyle about it because I wanted to know. I didn't have a chorus at the time. I, I was like, I wanted to know what to, like, if, if it was appropriate. Because I'm not from that. I want to make sure, you know, I want to be an ally to people. You know, I write all about, like, problems with women, problems women have, you know, body issues and, and you know, like, that also societal oppression of women and uh you know i've I've talked with women like is this is this appropriate am i being ignorant in this way i want to help and i want to write make art that'll help like the the cause you know like what can i do um to 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 have that discussion and so i showed it to him and we were with my friend ben higginbotham ben was coming up with chords and trying to do this thing for a project and kyle started to sing the chorus from the Marvin Gaye song, like, make me want to holler and throw up both my hands, but better than I just did it. And, uh, like, uh, he started to sing that and it just made, like, I was like, I like that. 
I like that idea. It's interpolation. It's it's a similar message, you know. And I thought that it'd be a great callback. It'd be a great way to use that artistically, and that's kind of how we ran with it. Yeah, that's, that's great. And it reminds me of a previous conversation we had um, where you where you mentioned that rap is supposed to be about social change. Yeah. Um, and and actually, my introduction to your work was. Uh, some stuff, a remix of a Kendrick Lamar song, Sing, mm-hmm. Sing About Me, that you added some lyrics to that deal directly with your identity as a Muslim American and kind of that narrative right. uh, and, the, and the racial tension you grew up, uh, particularly after uh, 9-11. Yeah. Um, and just two of the lines that I, I wanted to mention, and then you, you can talk a little bit about it, uh, interested in a little more about your story and what that means for you. Uh, you say, imagine if everyone told you everything you believe without ever reading the book that you read. And later you say, I'll tell you what I believe, that fear is the only fire I've ever tried to defeat. I'm interested in just, you know, with Charlie or Parker, not Charlie Parker, you uh, yeah. you were writing from third person and said, right. this is this is an example of you dealing directly with your experience and, and the inequality that you face. Uh, something that you don't have to ask someone, is this appropriate to your experience? Because for right. you it is. So yeah. so what's the difference there? And, and what, what was that like? Was that a turning point for you and, and what you share? I've shared it before, like high school Zed has shared it before. You know, it's interesting. Like, uh, there's a lot of things that I find like the best stuff you write is when, and the stuff that people have liked the most of mine is stuff that I say things that I'm really afraid of saying. And I'll be honest, like, I don't like talking about my religion. Um, but I, uh, because it's hard because immediately when that comes out of my face, I am immediately put into a box. Right. I had a sincere fear when I was in high school. Cause I've, I've lived with the whole thing for like 13 years. Like, and you know, uh, my uncle was in New York at the time when the world trade center got hit. And like, I remember as a kid just being terrified of that. Like, is my uncle okay? You know? And then being like feeling awful about all that kind of stuff, and like no, it wouldn't it, why would it ever be? Why would Muslim people ever do this? You know, that's that's awful. Some of the stuff I share in that remix is stuff that I haven't shared before. I was taught that you have to be good to other people. That's that's what my religion taught me mm-hmm. is to be good to other people. And I know that there are some people who interpret it like in a more violent way, but they are such an insane minority, and. The majority of people, because I live in I live in a Muslim community. No, I mean I I think you're dealing with some really powerful stuff and some yeah. and some territory. You're in the middle of territory that I think a lot of us hear about and and we. It's feel just really for. fresh. It's yeah. just really fresh right it's now. It's very fresh and it and it, it it validates at least for me the the work that you're doing here and and I know that once you got to Berkeley you kind of were, had made peace with the fact that yes absolutely rap is an art form but it yeah. seems like what you found is something perfect for that expression and and to be dealing with that in a really healthy way that kind of spreads that message you're talking about right so you've got this new record out los angeles and you know it sounds like you've come a long way with kind of finding yeah. comfort with your own voice so talk a little bit about that how did this album come about um who was involved with it and uh, you know sort of what makes us different from projects you've done in the past um well when when i came to berkeley i had this album called limbo that had come out a couple things happened uh after a while, like I was not well equipped to handle the haters, which you get a lot, and well equipped to handle backlash. So when I came to Berkeley, I was way more accepted. I was way more accepted. I was treated like a musician. 
like people call me a musician and i was like oh my god i can't believe that's a thing being in that space and just being comfortable with myself and being like not egotistical like i'm i don't think i'm like better than anybody but i'm like i'm comfortable with who i am and like i am an artist like a good friend of mine went to SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design, and something one of his teachers said is like, "What do you want to be?" He says, "I want to be a an, a comic book artist." Like, no, you are a comic book artist. Now, what are you going to do with it? I'm a rapper. Like, I'm I'm good at this, right? I mean, there's nothing really else I have to prove. I feel so much more comfortable with what I'm writing than I have been in a long time. And with that, there's more space in my rhymes, and I do I still do intricate, cool stuff, but my music's more articulate. Like I can say things like people can understand and vibe with my music. Being able to be confident in myself and care about what I do and not leave m my judgment of myself up to other people is the biggest thing. And I feel healthy and and productive and everything I want to feel right now just because of that that revelation. And so I always feel that's why I chose Los Angeles as the title because I'm in between. I have this confidence in myself. But this is also the place where I come from. And it's really hard here. It's really hard to deal with this. It's like my family. My family and my friends. Easier to deal with. But I'm with them all the time. Mm. But, you know, like, you have to love both. Because it's where you come from, you know? That's great. Well, I love I love hearing about that journey. I, I hope this record just keeps finding more and more listeners. Thanks, Ed, for, uh, for being here today. Thank you. This episode was engineered by student Steve Shaw in partnership with The Burn. I'm Brian Paris, and this is Inside Berkeley. <laughs>